The Take Action podcast series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining the podcast. I'm excited to do this one today because uh, one of my best friends is uh, the one that is the subject matter expert, and he actually also runs uh, my retail practice, the JL Smith Group. He's uh, a partner of mine, Brian Bibbo. Welcome, Brian. Hey, I just got upgraded to best friends, everyone. That's a great thing to hear. <laughs> I, I appreciate I, I appreciate you having me on here, Jason. Yeah, this is awesome. I tell you, um, Brian, uh, along with uh, another uh, uh, gentleman, uh, Dennis Kyle, actually were the the leads on this uh, cash flow analyzer. So it was about you know a year, little probably a little over a year ago, year and a half ago. And uh, we were talking and I was just like, man, you know, we just need to be more systematized on how we do our, you know, annual goal setting and, you know, we're, you know, doing audit really of our firm and, you know, where's our revenue coming from and what are our expenses and what are opportunities for improvement. And, you know, I, I've learned a lot working at more, you know, whatever you want to call it, the corporate level at uh, C2P and running these companies about, you know, the importance of financial modeling either, even. And, you know, we've never really done a lot of that at JL Smith Group, but, you know, Brian, I mean, you and Dennis, I mean, uh, primarily you, I mean, you took the bull by the horns and, you know, uh, really uh, created a fantastic process off of, uh, you know, more of a vision I had, but you actually created the strategy and all the tools and then put it into action at JL Smith Group. So this is pretty awesome. Uh, I've got, I got the opportunity to go through and watch the e-learning module that you recorded and, you know, comb through all the tools and everything. And I was just blown away how much detail that you guys put into this thing. Yeah, it's worked out great. Uh, you know, the biggest thing we ran across at the JL Smith Group is uh, never had, a, had never had a process in place. I mean, we threw some budgets through QuickBooks you know, one-year, two-year projections, but nothing really to forecast the growth, the breakdown of the expenses, auditing the expenses, looking at everything in detail. The other major thing is we never really had the staff's buy-in. Um, when you're working with the staff, it's hard if you don't have a process in place to track the expenses. I mean, I think we got in the office three or four people that have access to the company credit card. Uh, we do have some system. We didn't have too many systems in place. We do now that says, hey, they can charge what they want, all those kind of things. So it's really understanding the business, letting the staff know where we're going so they have a buy-in all around. So the cash flow analyzer, you know, really helped. And you've seen it, Jason, with the business over the last uh, year and the projections that we have come up with forecasting the future has worked out great for us. Yeah, it's it's a track to follow now. And I, I mean, I got so excited just, uh, I know, you know, you run the, you run the JL Smith group. I mean, most people know that or whoever's on listening. I mean, Brian really runs it top to bottom. And so he's the one who meets with the staff and, and delegates responsibilities and gets buy-in and, you know, keeps them engaged and sets the priorities and due dates and all that good stuff. But um, as I went through this thing, I was just like, man, I, I just didn't even realize how much detail that you went into. So 
Um, yeah, so this is cool. Let's dive into it, actually. Let's talk a little bit about what this, what all this uh, process accomplishes, you know, that people can, um, you know, uh, learn a little bit about how they can implement this in their practice. So, you know, basically, you, you know, broke it down into eight different steps. And so, um, you know, let's just kind of talk a little bit about what those eight steps are and, you know, the benefits and kind of, you know, what comes out of each of these things. Um, you know, the first one is the, uh, is the team meeting. So, um, you know, I, I, I saw this agenda that you created, which is really cool, you know, of getting the team engaged and, you know, what's, you know, what's working, you know, is always a great way to start it out, like on a positive note, all the team engaged in, in figuring out and sharing all the wins and what's working. But then also, you know, identifying what's not working right now. What are some areas that we think uh, need some attention? And then collectively doing, you know, a brainstorm on improvement ideas. I love the simplicity of that format, those three steps. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure you got a lot of engagement from the team, right, when you did this? Yeah, so I got a great example. Um, whether I think it was January 3rd when we all came back to work, maybe it was the 2nd. But I sat down, we had an operations meeting, and, you know, we went over this last year, but we revisited again every year. So having these meetings, having this, this agenda is good to have every year. Uh, I, I love this question that I asked the staff. I said to them, um, you know, it was right after New Year's. I said, how many, you, how many of you actually wrote down your goals and wrote down what you want to do personally and what do you want to accomplish in the business this year? All of them said, have not done anything yet. So it was good. In our operations meeting, we're asking about, you know, I, I have them actually, if you're familiar with Strategic Coach, um, fill out an impact filter every year. I And what it's about is how to make the business successful. Where do you see it going? So they actually break that down with me, and they have criteria. So they did a new one this year, and then I actually brought up last year's that I had already had them do and, and went over that in detail. So we were able to determine from that, okay, in 2017, you said, I'm the impact filter. This is where you see the business going. This is where you want to be in the business. Well, from there, we determined, hey, what was working? What's good? And you know what? Some of these things that were uh, the success criteria on the impact filter didn't happen, but we want them to happen, so that's not working. So a lot of our ideas for this meeting came from stuff we've already have done and the processes we've had in place. So it was very easy to come up with these ideas, and then from there, the things not working, the improvement ideas. You know, the new impact filter that they did uh, had worked out very great. So it was, it's really a simple meeting. If you get these processes in place, like I said, we've been doing this for uh, two years now since we came up with this whole uh, cash flow analyzer process, but this step is very easy working with the staff. Yeah, and this calculator that you guys created is just killer. I mean, because it's got, I mean, it really gives you the structure. I mean, in addition to just, you know, getting the team meeting set up and, um, you know, getting everybody engaged, I mean, which is really all what step one's about. I mean, really, it's like that the step two is where you're, you start to um, engage with the calculator, you know, and so, I mean, that thing is just so robust, because it, you know, you're putting in all your different lines of revenue. I mean, talk, I mean, talk about, you know, I was just, honestly, Brian, this is the first time 
I reviewed the calculator in detail was in preparation for, um, you know, and doing the, you know, we're doing a webinar as well as this podcast on this process. And I was just like, whoa. I mean, I just couldn't believe the, the level of detail that you guys went into in the calculator. Yeah, absolutely. So I do got to give a shout out to Dennis Kyle. Uh, he did help me greatly with the math and the formulas behind the calculator. So just a kudos to him. But th this calculator is really easy to use. You know, the first thing I'm going to just bring up, how do you start something like this? I mean, Jason, for us, it came down to gathering the data. So I didn't do too much of the gathering of the data. I, we have an accountant at the JL Smith Group. I'm sure some people out there have accounts or they do it themselves. But all this data we took from QuickBooks. So if you're using QuickBooks, Intuit, whatever accounting software you're using to track your numbers in your business, that's where we extracted the data from. So you go, you get that data, and it's really simple. You're plugging some things in here, um, you know, some different lines of commissions that are coming in. Hey, maybe you work with a broker dealer and you have some trails. You're able to plug in, hey, new commissions and then trail commissions. So it, it breaks it down between the two, which is very important. The other thing is AUM, annuity commissions, all those different kind of things uh, that you have for your business. It does include ancillary products for uh, our advisors out there that are offering med supplements, home health care policies, those kind of things. If you have a tax prep, uh, excuse me, a tax uh, practice in your office, you're able to add in all those lines of revenue and essentially you're just inputting the data you really need just two years worth of data that's what we're asking so we're in 2018 you want 16 to 17 data to be able to plug in here so it can do some averaging but the beautiful thing about it calculator does it all for you projecting growth calculator does it all for you you, you can do some great things in here by saying hey i want my annual growth to increase by three percent what is that going to do over your business over the next five years then we can plug in 5%. Hey, I'm going to grow by 5%. Well, I plug that in. How is that going to affect the business? And, you know, you, all you're doing is changing it from a 3% to a 5%. Calculator does all the math. Um, and it just projects it out. It's a five-year projection, which is great. You know what I love, too, Brian, is the flexibility in it. Because, like, I love that, number one, and I love the thought pattern that you guys had around plugging in 16 and 17, for example, to give you an idea of, like, look at your past history of the last two years. You know, look at what you've been doing in regards to your marketing and different, you know, revenue-generating activities, et cetera. And then, you know, it gives you a good idea of what 18 is pretty much going to look like as of right now, because you're piggybacking off of 16 and 17's, you know, real data. But then, you know, to be able to, you know, then, you know, have the, have the conversations and thoughts around, okay, what are we going to add? What are new things we're going to do? And I know that's, I'm jumping ahead to another step in your, in the process you created, but, um, it's uh, then, you know, it, it just gives you the foundation by looking at the last two years, kind of looking at where you're at right now, then fast forward because this calculator, you know, does a five-year projection. You know, I think, you know, it's really important to think with the end in mind. So when you're doing this calculator, 
you know, I would suggest don't just put in, you know, a, like if you grew in 16 to 17, you grew by, or let's say 15 to 16, you grew by 10%. In 16 to 17, you grew by 20%. You know, don't just put in an average of 15% growth rate every year. Kind of think with the end in mind. Think five years out. Where do you want to be in five years from now? You know, and then you can have that calculator kind of fill in the gaps and show you. I mean, this is really basic financial modeling, you know, when you're building a business plan. You know, you, you think with the end in mind, like Stephen Covey says, and then, and then have the calculator do and show you what you need to do to accomplish, you know, where you want to be in five years from now. Jason, the question I have for you is, you know, uh, expenses. You know, when, when, you, when you were really in the J.L. Smith Group business a few years back, I mean, you know, how really in tune were you with the expenses or was the accountant doing it? You know, did the staff have a good grasp on it? What would you say there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Brian, you brought a whole nother level of management that I didn't do at the J.L. Smith Group. I was more about make more money and who cares what your expenses were. <laughs> I, I think that's exactly what you told me like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. But in reality that, I mean, I've kind of, I've grown a lot and uh, I realized that, you know, you really can't run a business. You shouldn't run a business that way. Um, again, I think I've learned a lot working at CCP, but you also brought, you know, a level of, of expense management and management in general you know, to the business that's been so beneficial. Um, so long story short, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to expenses. You do a much better <laughs> job than me there. And <laughs> I was I was expecting you to to answer it that way, which is good. But the thing, <laughs> the thing I, I bring this up because, you know, the third step for us in this is is really evaluating the expenses of the business. You know, and, and I, what I see is a lot of business owners don't have a grasp on the actual expenses, especially when they have multiple employees, you know, a few advisors, everything else. You, got, you just can't. There's just too much going on in the daily, especially if you're a producer, you're a top producer for the company. You're about making that sale, you know, connecting with the client. So the next step here allows us to brainstorm, prioritize, and implement um, the expenses. So what do I mean by some of those things is what you actually do is you, there's a, a worksheet here that looks at all the different expenses, whether it be auto transportation, legal insurance fees, you know, one of our biggest ones, marketing, IT technology, payroll, office expenses, looking at all those and breaking those down. You use the worksheet on here with the staff of, hey, what are we currently expensing? Why is it costing us so much? So the example I use is like years ago with TD Ameritrade that we use for our assets under management, we were sending, we were actually overnight FedExing the checks to, to TD Ameritrade. Okay, that cost somewhere between seven to ten dollars, depending on what day of the week was, the timing we wanted to get there, everything else. Well, we learned Chad in our office had the ability to figure out that we can scan these things in. We bought a $125 scanner and are able to upload those to TD Ameritrade. How much money did we save? We still have the same scanner that we bought two years ago, and it was $125. So where did we get that from? It was walking through this process of actually working with the staff, 
breaking down the different expenses. Where are we spending too much money and where can we save? Yeah, and I tell you what, Brian, what really, I mean, was eye-opening to me is you sat me down and showed me all the expenses, like, that I really just wasn't as aware of. Like, as a business owner, a lot of times you just, you know, a lot of stuff runs through the business, and you're just like, all right, well, the business pays for it. And then, But when you start really looking at how all those things add up, it just brings a whole nother level of awareness, you know, that, that ultimately – um, I don't know. It's just helpful. I mean, it's just helpful to be more aware of kind of the, you know, what kind of money you're spending in different areas. You know, it makes you reevaluate, you know, conferences that you're attending, uh, you know, organizations that you're part of, softwares you're subscribed to. I mean, that stuff can just add up and pile up and you just put it on autopilot where it's auto renewing or auto paying or you just kind of automatically have it, you know, you know, keep get paid every year and you're not really looking at it like. And so that was what was helpful for me was you actually putting all of it in front of me. And I'm, I was kind of like, whoa, I spend a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the truth be told, right? Hey, right. The, the other thing that, you know, once you review these expenses, you have the ability to change them within the calculator going forward so all of a sudden if you say i'm going to at my client appreciation event instead of dropping 20 grand this year i'm going to tune it down and i'm only going to spend fifteen thousand because i'm actually going to look at what we're expending i'm going to break it down so within the calculator the forecasting over the next five years you can say hey guess what i'm going to work on reducing this cost because it's very high however let's take the opposite side of the coin what's the biggest thing um, you know, group healthcare. If you're offering healthcare to your employees, this is just an example, but that's probably going to increase every year. So, in the calculator, you can say, hey, guess what? I expect the healthcare cost to increase by 5% a year. So, you have the ability to work with these expenses and just make them forecast in the future whether you decide on increasing them or decreasing them. But I mean, the main goal is to decrease a lot of these and look at the expenses. But the calculator does address all those kind of great things. Yeah, and I and I love the you know the fact of how you you know you identify the ideas you know of how you're going to reduce expenses you know that the staff you know come up with and through the analysis and the calculator you set a priority you know how important it is based on the effect it can, you know how much it, it could save assign it to someone and then give a due date. And then that goes on that, you know, a tracking, right? Like a priority task list to make sure it's seen through. So it's just, it's good. It's a solid, it's a solid process of, of analyzation. Well, let's move on. Um, nobody likes talking about expenses. We probably spent too much time on that. Let's move on to the, to the next one, which is, uh, which is marketing, you know, and analyzing your ROI on your marketing efforts. So tell yeah. me a little bit about that, Brian. Yeah. No, I appreciate you bringing that one up. I mean, the main thing is we were doing a lot of marketing efforts and, you know, from the other advisors I have talked to in the industry, we run across the same thing is keep the marketing going. It puts butts in the seats and you're going to have prospects in front of you. But when do you really break it down and look at the ROI? I mean, I think it was like a 75, 25 mix of 75% of the advisors out there weren't, weren't tracking it like they should. 
So, and what do I mean by they, like they should is, okay, how many people did you have RSVP to the event? How many actually attended? How many canceled no-shows? You know, the one thing we always talk about is buying units. You know, a husband and a wife is buying units. So if you have 25 people show up to an event, how many were actually buying units? So tracking that. Another thing is, how much did you spend on this event? And how much did you bring in? So within this software, we have the ability to track the marketing efforts and everything that you have going on. And here's the thing is, you might have an event that you did six months ago and you write the business a year later. I mean, how many times does that happen, Jason? You tell me, you know, you have clients come back in at a later date. How many times does that happen to you? Oh, no doubt about it. You, we, we all see it happen, you know, and so, yeah, no doubt about it. And tracking that ultimately that source is huge because it totally skews your data. You know, if you're in, in your analysis, like you might do an event and be like, you know, okay, I had, um, you know, 22 people RSVP and then I ended up having, you know, 14 of them show up. And then out of the 14 that showed up, eight of them set appointments. And it's like, but how many of those turned into business? That could be several months before you really know. And so tracking that, because ultimately you might think that, hey, that thing was a bust because you didn't, you know, because it was six months later before it ended up turning into business. So it's, I mean, I think it's just, it's huge because otherwise you can't really properly evaluate those you know your efforts right yeah i mean and the thing it says it's going to teach you okay maybe you're doing three different events and two of them are really good and one's a dog you know it's not working well for you you'll be able to address that so instead of doing three events you focus more on the two you're able to get rid of some of those marketing things that aren't working and focus on the ones that are it's very important so as we're considering you know the roi on different things we just talked about marketing but Jason, let, let's break down about, you know, team members. You right. gotta got to look at your team and say, okay, I have this person in this role. What is my return on investment? Because a lot of people, and I have the mindset of this, you know, uh, an employee was just someone that we were paying that was on the payroll. And I think, Jason, you taught me a lot about of, of not looking at it that way. So explain to me a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's a mindset. It's a mindset of how you look at your team members. Do you look at them as an expense or do you look at them as an investment? And, you know, the thing is, and as you're going through, I mean, ultimately you need to, the mindset should be they're an investment, not an expense. And what you have to do is you have to analyze your investments though. Sometimes you're not making good investments. And so you need to you need to sell out. You need to get rid of that investment and you need to buy a new one. And so that's the same thing with team members is there's times when, you know, they're they're not working out. You know, they're not, they're not doing what you what your expectations were or what you thought they could do. And a lot of times, you know, people, you know, we hate the process of firing and hiring and doing all that. Many of us do. And so you just, you procrastinate and then you end up uh, holding on to someone who's not a right fit for way too long. And then they do, they can do damage to your practice. They can hinder growth. They can, uh, they can have a negative effect on the culture. 
Um, they can, you know, just in multiple ways. So, you know, a suggestion I would make, I heard this term years ago, is you want to fire fast and hire slow. And so it's a big decision of who you're bringing into your team, on, to, into your culture, into your business. But ultimately, you need to be looking at team members as an investment, not as an expense. Yeah, and Jason, I, you and Gina Pellegrini came out with a, a book, The Hiring Advantage. And uh, it's, it, it summarizes a lot of what you said, but will you elaborate a little bit more on this? Why should someone, you know, be looking at it? Why should... You know, we break it down. What is it going to do? What value is it going to bring for people and their staff? Yeah, I mean, it, it does a couple things. Number one, if you want to evaluate your current team and kind of what they're currently doing and uh, how, how responsibilities are, are, are split amongst the team, you know, it's going to give you the, the, the knowledge and the tools. I mean, literally, you get access to scripts, videos, audios, letter templates, I mean, all everything uh, as part of the hiring advantage book and then, there, you know, and access to uh, additional resources. But it also, you know, it helps you evaluate the, your, the strengths of your current team, you know, kind of how they're hardwired, you know, uh, for, uh, you know, in different areas where, you know, to give you the ability to assess, you know, where are you might just have them, you know, they should be on the bus. They're just in the wrong seat on the bus. And so it's going to help you evaluate that. And then also, if you, you know, want to bring somebody on, you know, a new team member, it's literally step by step how to do every step of the way to bring on a new team member, too. So, uh, so yeah, so the hiring advantage, and that's one of the steps. And I know you built that into this uh, cash flow analyzer, Brian, it was step, uh, step five of uh, analyzing the team members and using the hiring advantage book, as well as all the tools and resources to help do that yeah um, and i want to do dovetail quickly on, on what you said is what, what was the biggest you know i'm going to ask myself this question what was the biggest thing the hiring advantage brought to the practice at the jl smith group and i gotta say the accountability for your staff um the responsibility agreements knowing what the staff should be doing it's broken down for them it tells them exactly this way you're able to monitor the process where they're at you know for the new hire what they're supposed to be taking on and what is the bigger picture so when you hire these people you have a responsibility agreement in place hey you're hiring a, a bookkeeper this is what you expect from them so and then holding them accountable so the biggest thing i got from that jason and it's worked out for me and the staff is, is holding them accountable and letting them know the goals and what they're supposed to accomplish all around yeah no that's great that's awesome good point god you brought that up the uh so so the next step that you kind of created here is uh after you've analyzed you know the the you know basically you've evaluated your you, you got things into the calculator, you evaluated the expenses, you analyzed the ROI on marketing as well as on the team members. You know, the next step you had was uh, how are you gonna increase revenue? And like, so a team brainstorm and then prioritization. And so, you know, let's talk about, you know, Brian, like uh, for example, the JL Smith group, what were the primary lines of revenue and then give me some ideas of some things that you decided to add uh, or do more of in 2017 to because we, you know, we had a banner year. I mean, every year we've increased our assets under management and our revenue. 
it's never gone down. So it happened again this year, which is great. But tell me a little bit about what you and the team did. You know, what were the existing lines of revenue and what were new ones that you brought, uh, that you introduced or did more of? Yeah, so so let's talk about what we were doing, what we were great at. Uh, you know, uh, annuity commissions were great. Uh, AUM were great. The tax practice was great. Uh, MedSup business, it was good. I don't want to say it was great because that's one of the things we that we ha had worked on. Um, but all around, that's what we are great at. So what weren't we doing? I mean, were we writing life insurance? Yes, we were writing life insurance, but we were missing two lines of business with the life insurance. Um, uh, the single premium or as you would call it, the final expense, not the, not the funeral expense contracts, but the ones where, hey, someone pays 100 bucks a month, they have a $10,000 policy. So that's what we've added. We had our junior advisors start working on that a lot more. Another one with the MedSup practice we've added on is like a home health care policy. Uh, this is for people, if you're familiar with Medicare, how it works. Once Medicare and a supplement or advantage plan realize you need help with daily living activities and the chance of you getting better are slim to none, uh, you know, you need home health care or you need long-term care, but the home health care side of things is it's another ancillary service that we've been able to offer uh, here at the, the JL Smith Group. I'll give you some great examples. When we had our open enrollment from October 15th to, to December 7th of 2017, we probably added, a, a, I think it was 30 to 31 of these additional policies. And all we're doing is reviewing with the clients, the current med subs that they're on. But we talked to them about this, you know, home health care product, and it worked out great. So another one, when you talk about home health care is long-term care, Jason, we weren't writing a lot of this. We weren't writing a lot of the long-term care life insurance combo. Yes, we had some on the books, but, you know, I wasn't writing it. I wasn't in tune to it, and I realized that. And, and the biggest thing we ran across is, you know, it's huge revenue for the business. So we started writing a lot more of those kind of things. You know, yeah, you, were, you, you, did add, you added more asset-based long-term care as well as the fully underwritten life insurance with long-term care rider. Both, both, didn't you? Correct. Yeah, both of those. I mean, without a doubt, it's just what's going to fit the client's needs. Can we 1035 exchange out of annuity? How much cash they have? What can they afford? So, it, you know, it's unique to every client, but we've added a lot more of that to the business. I mean, that has really, really projected the growth. I want to say uh, it brought in well over $100,000 of extra revenue in the business in 2017. I mean, right now we have a good amount of it pending. Uh, you know, life insurance and long-term care takes some time to issue. But if you're consistently writing it, you know what? I, we're all going to need money in two months. We're going to need money in three months. So when it pays, it pays. It doesn't matter. I think that was my original biggest hurdle. Oh, it takes three, four months to pay. Who cares if you consistently write it? It's going to be there and it's going to continue to pay, which is huge to adding on um, increasing revenue. Well, you also um, started charging a lot more planning fees personally this year, Brian. I mean, that was a huge jump for you. Yeah, for me personally, absolutely. I mean, when I started in the business, I was not charging planning fees. And I know what you said to me multiple times, Jason, is you need to start paying, you need to start charging planning fees. And, you know, and then eventually I had the aha moment. And here's the case that happened is I had a client that I didn't charge a planning fee. 
walk them through the, the clarity to prosperity process. And you know what they did? They took all of my knowledge and all of my time and did it somewhere else, did it on their own. And I was stuck there with wasting probably 20 plus hours and didn't get a dime for it. So that was my biggest aha moment. And, and nowadays, as I've grown as an advisor, it's like I, if someone doesn't want to pay me a, a simple planning fee, whether it be 750, 1500 or three grand to work with them and give them my knowledge, well, it, it's not going to work out. The client needs to have buy-in. So planning fees have been great for us at the JL Smith Group and, and beyond me personally. I mean, I've added a good amount of revenue um, in the previous year into the five-figure mark uh, of planning fees. So that has helped out greatly. Yeah, no, that was good. And you did a, um, I mean, following the service models, I think app, it gives you a lot of confidence too, because you're actually pointing to a fee schedule versus just trying to wing it, you know? And so I, I think, you know, as we sat down and customized our service model uh, offering at the JL Smith Group, and you played a big role in, as we recreated that and customized our, what service models we're offering and what the fees would be, you know, I think it just gave, that was the, the big push too. In addition to getting burnt, because I've had it happen too, um, <laughs> you know, years ago before I was charging fees, you know, but I think having those service models and just customizing it to our practice, it seems like after we did that, your planning piece just really took off. Yeah, and it's worked out great. But let's kind of continue yeah. on here at the calculator because um, people don't want to hear us talk all day. They got things to do. So <laughs> well, let's talk yeah. about making, reassessing the calculator, making the adjustments. I mean, we're kind of wrapping this up here. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I got to start looking at the numbers. I, I've done the first six steps. I'm on the seventh step. And, and the seventh step really consists of, you know, making adjustments in the calculator reassessing it okay we did three percent growth and like i said before well let's go to five percent growth and and see how that works so so step seven really here is just looking at where you're currently at after you've plugged everything in and modifying some different things simple step you know where do i want to change the growth where do i want to change the expenses so that way you have one or two different models you can see and then you say hey i'm most comfortable with this one i think this is really where the business is headed well like for example um uh brian you know you did in 17 you did a ton more adult education classes i mean way more right and so you made that was a calculated decision and you put it into the calculator and you projected the expenses, but you knew from previous years what the ROI was. So you also projected revenue in there. And that's why it's kind of here at the end is these last steps um, is really to go after you've done that brainstorm of what new revenue streams do you want to add to your business? What are your goals in doing that? Then you want to go back because see you put all the data in before you did all this analysis before you analyzed your marketing and your team members and your revenue lines and what additional revenue lines you might want to do more of or add in the, in the coming years. And so then you reassess the situation and like your situation, you know, you, you prob I got to you at least doubled the amount of adult education, didn't you in 17 versus 16? 
Yeah, so just to reiterate on the step before, I what I did is I, I ran through the marketing expenses and the ROI on them. I, I used the worksheet. And, and previously, what was I doing? I was doing the traditional dinner seminars for Social Security. And I was buying people dinner, ex- paying for that, and then I was paying for the mailer also. So the costs were, were, were thousands of dollars. But what I looked at, I was doubling my money. And I'm never going to say anything against doubling your money. It's always a good thing. But at the end of the day, I was going, I'm putting in all this effort. And at the end of the day, all I'm doing is double my money. But I was also running educational seminars. And what I realized is the ROI was so much greater. So in 2017, what I focused on was, okay, and I did not do one dinner seminar in 2017. Not one. All I did was the educational seminars, and you know what? It has paid off greatly, and the growth has been there. But without this cash flow analyzer and following through the steps, I would have never came to that conclusion. I just thought, hey, I'm making money off this. I'm making money off this. It it really curtailed my thought process to getting me to focus on the stuff that is more ROI adjusted and you know it just fit in this calculator because we made that decision late in 2016 and in 17 what we put in the calculator it ended up working out very great for us so you know working through this has helped us and helped me personally so for our advisors out there listening it's great for them to look at them as the group if they have multiple advisors in the office but also do this personally if you belong yeah. to a firm, do it personally. That's what I did. Yep, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So thank you so much uh, for joining, Brian. This was awesome. You as, uh, you did, you gave great input, and I had fun talking to you about this. So um, and thanks, everybody, for joining, and stay tuned for the uh, next podcast. The Take Action podcast series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.